0: Good afternoon, MedVet listeners. Today we have a very special topic talking about OR etiquette. That's operating room etiquette, right? So, what goes on behind the scenes that a lot of the physicians pick up on mannerism that must be conducted as a professional in the OR room?
1: The Force is with you, young Skywalker.
2: But you are not a Jedi yet.
0: Good, Liz, and Keith, both of you guys have experience in the OR being a rep, right? Uh, I think before the show, Keith, you called it an OR, what'd you call it? Uh, Medical device. Medical device extraordinaire,
2: what was that? Rep extraordinaire, Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. Okay, so Liz, how long have you been doing this for?
1: Uh, Close to 10 years.
0: And what what got you into it? Tell me a little bit about how you got into this field.
1: Um... Originally, I was in public relations and marketing, and it just wasn't what I wanted to do, and so I just wanted to be in the operating room, honestly. But why? I don't know. Um,
2: Something triggered make, it. You had to see make something. Make good money.
1: Uh, um, my neighbor, he worked for Stryker at the time. See?
2: Yeah. So you knew somebody that kind of helped influence it.
1: yeah per se, Um, but it was just an interesting field. Mm -hmm. But from a female aspect, they always say like, oh, you're gonna start as pharmaceuticals. But luckily for me, I went straight into medical device. So-
0: How did did you get that opportunity?
1: Uh, My old boss actually, um, I was working in the restaurant industry and he, I met him and his business partner there. And so one day he was just like, hey, would you like to come work for me? And I was like, yeah. So the next day, I was in the operating room, basically. Wow. Just like that,
0: so. Pretty much. How was the training for me? Went? Luckily. Well, so how was it? Was there any training at all? So it was just like you went straight from an office job working in PR and straight to the OR. What was your training like?
1: Um, my training was actually just being in the operating room. I didn't have any classes. I didn't go to any schools, anything like that. Um, so is
2: that typical? So you were like see one, do one, teach yeah.
1: one. Yeah, I literally okay. had to.
2: But is it is it typical for uh, a rep to go through those classes and training? Um, it it, <clears throat> it all depends on um, the manufacturer that you're representing, mm-hmm. and or the uh, distributor you're working with as well. Okay. Um, you know the kind of you know back up a little bit company that have a lot of market share. You know they have you know courses they have a process because you're basically in the operating room on their behalf. You're representing their product. And I don't even look at it as sales anymore. It's more of a technical expert. You know, um, what can go wrong, you want to avoid that. Mm -hmm. So so sometimes it is, there can be a training that requires a week before you step foot into the operating room, and then sometimes it's kind of see one, do one, teach one. Okay,
0: all right, so. What about you, KP? Was it hard to learn? Like, how many how many years or months did you say it took for you to like just get it?
2: Um, personally, I think I'm still trying to get it because it is a service industry mm-hmm. in a way, meaning that um, you know the the doctors and you know the, the team they know what they're doing, but you have to deliver. You have to provide a quality service and that service is getting the items ready beforehand having the right amount of items available and just just don't drop the ball so what are your thoughts
1: understanding how to use the instruments you know you gotta be prepared for that i think over time you kind of get used to it but it's definitely like you're still learning everything every day every time um
0: so you got you just got right into it. So tell me a little bit about like like what what were some of the fuck ups? What were some of the good things you learned? Like tell, tell me about that experience of just jumping into it.
1: Um, I even remember like my first day being in the operating room. Like I got too close to the sterile table, and the nurse was like, "No, no, back up." Mm-hmm. Learn that real quick. So don't go close to sterile table. <laughs>
2: Check. Anything blue. Any, yeah. Anything blue, don't touch it.
1: Um, learn that real quick. Um, luckily, my first surgeon was he loves to teach so Mm -hmm. I was able to learn from him easily Um, he would always question me you know tell me you know this is what this is you know why is this happening so I learned from him and then my old boss as far as instrumentation wise I would literally just sit on the floor and just play with the instruments and like learn how to put them together and you know different sets so for me it was just it actually helped me being in the operating room, learning that way, versus being in a classroom and
2: learning oh, yeah. that way. Did you ever have to take any like classroom settings or anything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it all depends on a certain company. Like even you know right now, we represent a number of manufacturers, and some require some kind of online training to kind of uh, make sure that we are up to date on the different technologies and different requirements. So. It really all depends
0: okay so what about like the, the I, I don't know well I guess the job itself right can you say it has a competitive nature we can compare it to a sport like when you're actually let's say when you're you know preparing for your surgery do you see your competition in there right how do you know like how do you weigh how good of a job you're doing right to the competitors or to the physicians like how is it competitive in that nature where it's just like, you know, like, I got to do a better job than so-and-so?
2: So, it, it is very competitive. Um, I know, you know, and I'll back up a little bit you can kind of, um, you know, jump in. But it's competitive because there's, you know, when you look at, um, you know, healthcare reps, mm-hmm. there's mainly two kind of reps. You have your pharmaceutical rep and you have your medical device rep. And, you know, all I heard prior to even being in the military, I heard about pharmaceutical reps. I never heard of a medical device rep. Um, and so. Is it new? Not new. It just wasn't, again, they're behind the scenes, you know. So when a patient comes into the operating room, you know, they may see a ton of people with different masks on. They may not know that we are in the room or that we exist. Should the
0: patient be sedated?
2: Um, not all the time. You know, they're you know they they'll get into the operating room, mm-hmm. and they may still have you know some awareness, but they're not out all the way. They're not going to be really put under sleep until after they get into the operating room.
0: Has there ever, Liz, Has there ever been a time where you were in surgery and um, the patient woke up?
1: That's a hard one. I can't think at the top of my mind, so I want to say no.
2: Okay. What about you? Not woken up, but I've seen it where some of the anesthetic has worn, worn off. And it's worn off. Not and fully the patient woken up. Will get fidgety and they'll yeah. move around, but yeah. not having a conversation or anything. But you know, you can tell like they're either coming out of it. They feel some like something may something has um, kind of fired. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, so that's about it. Fidgety, but that's about not it. Not
1: like woke up and said, hey,
2: yeah, I'm awake. So, all
0: right, what makes a good rep, in your opinion?
1: I think what makes a good rep is not just taking care of the surgeon, but taking care of everyone in the operating room. The nurse, the scrub techs, x-ray, you know the PAs, it's not just the surgeon. You need everyone in the operating room to work together. So, but, but
0: like on a rep side, you know, like how do you outdo your competitors?
1: You gotta really love your job.
0: I mean, why do you feel you do your job better? You know, LeBron James, he shows up every day, he scores, he gets his team buckets, right? You know that if LeBron James is out the game, the team may not do as well, right? So what as a rep? I'm asking what sets you aside? What why would a doctor choose to work with you as a rep? What do you do differently? I I hear that you are the most pleasing rep out there. You you are, you you're I I've, I've literally heard you are the LeBron James in the yeah. OR. So, how do you get that status?
1: Knowledge like knowing the instruments, knowing what you're doing, but also Like I said, taking care of everyone in the OR. Mm -hmm. Like if the nurse is working on this and somebody needs to be plugged in or instrument drops and they need something from SPD, just literally running around the operating room and controlling it basically. Let the surgeon do his stuff, but basically take care of everything else. And I I would always say like happy doctor, happy everyone else, honestly. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I do love my job, so I think that's what sets me aside. I mean, it's not just waking up and going, oh, I gotta go to work today. It's like, oh, get to be in surgery. Mm-hmm. You know, what's gonna happen? You know, it's something different. Yeah, it may be the same procedure, like an A-lift here and an A-lift on the next patient, but it's different. Okay. I, I look
2: at the success is being able to have critical thinking skills, being able to anticipate the surgeon's next needs. Okay. And really, you know, success is patient care. You know, at the, at the end of the day, You wanna make sure that the patient is is taken care of. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's one of the things that can kind of really, you know, stand out. As a medical
0: device rep, it's also your duty not only to make sure the implants are there and ready, but also that the patient and the entire OR team is taken care of?
2: Well, I mean, not from the perspective of the, the surgeon and the anesthesiologist, but you still want to treat the patient with care you know these you, you know when people I say didn't about that. so when, when people say if you're ever you know public speaking you know you want to look out in the crowd and imagine you know something with a patient you still want to look at that as hey this is somebody that has a family and so you want to give them the utmost care as you would anybody else And how do
0: you do that you guys you guys help me understand how do you do that as a medical device rep if you are not physically touching or talking to the patient? How do you care for a patient that is there, right? It's just like, it's, I, I, I'm, I don't understand. How do you do that? Let, let us know as patients, how do medical device reps actually care? You're telling me you care for us, but how?
2: What do you do? This is kind of going off of what um, you know Liz mentioned earlier is really just managing the room. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, we're there for like as, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the surgeons know what they're doing, but we're there for a plan B, and our plan C option. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when a surgeon gets the images prior to surgery, they may need to shift and say, well, hey, this side of the implant isn't going to work, so now I need to regroup and bring in a bigger side of the implant, you know? So you gotta be able to now get the surgical tech and be able to um, illustrate what is needed without touching anything. And I think that's the (laughs) hardest part is like when you see um, the, the surgical text and they're trying to put stuff together, it's like no You just put wanna it grab this it way. And just,
1: Let me let me do it real quick for you. But you can't because you can't. they're sterile. But it's like you
2: it's like it's just right there. Right, it's right it's there. Like, it's like you know, like like it's right there. Just turn it and it is trying to explain that. And so that's probably it, the most frustrating part. Okay. It, it's frustrating when then you you they get it, it's a relief.
0: So essentially you guys are there to make sure that things are ran smoothly and done right, so that there are no fuck-ups, right? So that the patient doesn't get jabbed or implanted with something
2: wrong, no? Well, I mean, not, I, I wanna say jab, because again, <laughs> okay. every, and everything with the procedure is based on the surgeon. I okay. We don't yeah. make tell them anything to do. Mm-hmm. But again, we're there on behalf of the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Is We are the product experts. We know how to, this, I'm trying to think how to really describe is kind of like you know being
1: overly prepared making sure there's extra of everything I would say like extra implants you know if you have extra instruments like screwdrivers throw those in there just because stuff falls if you don't have a backup Mm -hmm. and you need like let's say it's a screwdriver you don't have a second screwdriver how's he going to get the screw in Mm -hmm. that's not going to be good so being overly prepared also I think helps the patient in a way to have different options for that surgeon to choose implants because not every patient is going to be the same.
0: Okay. Now, as a patient, when I go see a doctor, right, the doctors, they're, you know, they're nice to me because they care for me. Also, they want my business. So they're treating me with like the utmost respect. Hey, they're you know, like they really care. However, someone I've heard through the grapevine, right, that in the OR, doctors are divas, needy um, queens. You know that they are very. Um, you know, they want things their way. Is that true?
2: I, I wouldn't say divas. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: surgeons. Let me let me say not doctors, surgeons. I'm sorry. Let me specify. It just. It,
2: I, I wouldn't say you know need or anything. Do they? Um, do they understand that what they're doing is very critical? Mm-hmm. Um, so there are certain things that they may need to, to get things done smoothly. I would say, I wouldn't call that um, diva. I think that's just like, hey, in order for me to get from, to get this thing to, to move forward, I need this kind okay. of thing so so basically
0: that's that's what your job is to make sure that they have everything in line so it's a smooth process
2: everything related to the implants and and the reason so and here's another thing as well is sometimes you know when you're in there you may be in there for a couple hours for a procedure Mm -hmm. now you got shift change now you may have a new team meaning a new surgical tech and a new nurse Mm And so now you got to, okay, one left, they're kind of like a Vegas dealership. They wipe their hands. I'm out, right? You know, they kind of drop the cards. The they doctor? Out. No, the surgical tech. Or the nurse. Or the nurse. So okay. the, the surgeon is still there, but now the, the team, mm-hmm. the tech and the nurse may change. So now we're there to make sure that the new team understands and does not disrupt the flow.
0: All right. So... Let me know how many people are actually in the OR during a typical surgical typical surgical case. I
2: would say a minimum. N- name them all. I'll, I'll, say, them. I'll, I'll say I'll say procedure requiring a device rep. I would say five, but for a regular procedure, I'm gonna say four: anesthesiologist, surgeon, nurse, and a tech. And. And
1: X-ray. If they, if, if, it's, if, it's, if it's
2: required. As long as you've ever been in the OR? I've been in a surgery that probably lasted 20 hours.
0: 20 hours? Yeah. What about you, Liz? That's a
1: long ass time.
0: What about you, how long, was the longest for you, Liz?
1: Um, at least eight hours, I wanna say.
0: Okay, so, operating room etiquette. So far I got, stay away from the blue, right, sterile <laughs> Yeah. Show up 30 minutes early for a case. At least. And know all the tools and resources, know all the tools and
2: equipment. Roger that. And be prepared for um, plan B. How, explain that. How so? Um, like, you know, Linz mentioned, um, if an instrument implant fails, mm-hmm. um, you gotta make it happen. You gotta either have a backup ready to go or um, you know, get it you know, re-sterilized mm-hmm. in, a, in a timely manner. Um, and again, if you know, we originally planned on going with one side of the implant, Danny switches it up. Well, we got to go, you know, go to there. Um, there are times where it's a two part procedure, and um, we may only do one half that day kind of thing, so now we got to, you know, shift things around. So,
0: do you guys like as a rep, would you say that you have your times where you like you have a Favorite hospital where you're operating at, or favorite doctor who you're working with?
2: Absolutely. <laughs> I would say, I would say, hospital, because mm-hmm. um, sometimes, you know, you have to pay for parking. There are some places where they make you pay to park. Um, sometimes they make you go through, you know, different hoops, or sometimes the operating room may be all somewhere. I don't know, just in a awkward location there's mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. just kind of pull in you're right there so
0: how has the industry
1: changed I'm trying to think from when I started I mean it's changed an aspect of instrumentation has progressed and changed in advancements mm-hmm. um Technology, um, new biologics. So more things have come out. I think what else has changed? You know, hospitals. One pricing that's definitely changed over the years. Um, who can actually come into the not operating room or hospital? What companies, manufacturers are manufacturers are allowed? Like certain hospitals will only allow certain companies while another one you can have any manufacturer it doesn't matter mm-hmm. yeah. so that's become more strict and that's become a pain in the ass mm. not put it in that way but yeah. it makes sense though
0: okay. so you, all right so you guys mentioned this thing called uh, rep tracks and all that credentialing so mm-hmm. ex- explain that what is that Liz like what what
1: uh it it's basically what allows you to get into not the hospital but the operating room it's you know, making sure that you're up to date, like on your flu shots. Mm -hmm. Now, COVID vaccines, um, HIPAA compliance, um, safety, making sure that you're taking care of before you get into the operating
2: room. So it's like
0: a checking system, right? Just to make sure that you are certified.
1: That's a good way to. Yeah, certified.
2: Yeah, because, you know, when you're taking care of patients, you want to make sure that you have some kind of credentials. Okay. You know, put some respect on your name, mm-hmm. you know. So that's what it
0: does.
2: Yeah. Like, you know, have you, like, you know, Liz mentioned, you know, flu shot, airborne pathogens training, just different do things. All, do all hospitals require this?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It is, you know. Throughout the country? I think so, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Wow. And there's, I mean, I'm sure there's other systems, but there's two main ones, and one hospital system might use this, and then mm-hmm. another one might use. What, I, what the, are the two
0: main ones?
2: Um,
1: Reptrax, Intel yeah. and then Simpler. Simpler. Yeah. Okay.
2: So. And um. they're
1: both essentially the same. They both require pretty much all the same stuff. It's just one hospital might want Reptrax, and then the other one might want Simpler. So you technically have to have both. Yeah. Regardless. So, as a
0: rep, you have to be credentialed in both. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I were a rep, okay, and I went to training with Medtronics, so I went through the Medtronic training, and so that's kind of like, I, I, in my equivalency, I would say that's like going to Harvard. As of a rep like Liz, who had no training but just went straight to the OR, does that make anyone better? Like, let's say, for example, like, you know, I went to college, you went to high school. Who's gonna get the job? Does well, it, like, does that does that really set a rep apart?
2: Curious to know. Um, I don't. know. it does not. Okay. And it's kind of like a surgeon. Mm-hmm. You got a surgeon that went to Harvard. You had a surgeon that went to NYU. You know, an, an NYU or uh, maybe not a top-tier mm-hmm. if, top tier school, but NYU's top tier. I said that's why I said they is not. <laughs> but. You know, so are they? as are a patient, do you say, I won't go to this doctor that went to Harvard? No, he's a doctor. He's uh-huh. a surgeon. So he has the necessary requirements, the skill set, to perform your surgery. So okay. the patients, and I, I think when if I, you know, look up a surgeon, I'm not looking to see, well, he went to Harvard. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, well, hey, are they board certified? Are they in good standing with the state bar, you know, the state um um, you know, med programs, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like that. Not, you know, oh, he went to Harvard. Okay. So, so, right. and, and so, And so I say that because it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like either you went to this training or that training. Mm-hmm. It's about the service. Um, so so a lot of times, so to kind of answer your question is, you know, what we're trying to do is, you know, make it, um, you know, create an awareness that medical device reps are essential. And we, um, you know, we go to the hospitals. We don't have, you know, our medical device rep week. You know, sometimes hospitals got nurses week, doctors week, admin week, scrub tech week. I'm like, man, with medical device rep week. You got everything else, but we're essential. You guys are like the redheaded stepchild. Man. Yes. Literally. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we, I mean, I can say I really enjoy what I do. Like I said, it really does keep me on my toes. And so what we're trying to do is, you know, encourage others to consider medical device, you know, as an option, maybe not just for spine, but other things, you know, as well. And what we're trying to do is we're taking our experiences, our our failures and trying to incorporate a program that will not only provide the service aspect, but also offer, um, you know, the communication and compliance aspect as well. Because there, there are certain things in the industry that I've asked myself, like, how can we don't have this? How can we don't have a warranty on implants? And so these are the things that we're trying to do. For any questions or to get more information about medical devices, implants, and a warranty, go to ImperialSurgicalPartners.com. So a couple years ago, there was um, some airbags going off on Tesla. And we're like, well, hey, they're able to track, you know, these airbags. And then if they can relate to a certain batch number or whatever, they can say, well, hey, we're going to put a recall on these implants. I'm sorry, put a recall on these, these airbags. So that information was available. But when we we're doing the revisions, we're like, we've been in a situation where screws break. And we, you know, looked at it as, well, is there any kind of quality assurance on the implants? If an implant continues to fail, how are we compliant with the recall management process? And I've been guilty of not doing that, you know, for years and mm-hmm. I was, you know, wondering why the industry never pushed for um, compliance or you know, quality assurance on the implants.
0: So what you're saying is, like, there has never been a database or tracking system like this until now.
2: Actually, there hasn't. Before we were doing this, I was like, why is it there one? Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that, you know, we have done. We have developed, you know, like you said, probably the, the first... Blockchain-assisted database tracking system for implants that will be um, compliant for quality assurance, um, recall management, and wow. also offer the ability to offer warranty as well. Yeah. The whole purpose is for those revision surgeries. So, wow! So, yeah. so uh,
0: Imperium Surgical Partners has a not only a superb service but you guys also offer a data tracking for the implants going to the patients with a warranty and you got the LeBron James of the OR on your team so what what else what else do what else can patients and doctors look forward to when working with Imperium?
1: I like how Imperium offers not just you know hey you're going to be a medical device rep it gets me not more involved with the patient but the patient care aspects so it's multiple things are being done and the company is growing and offering more things not just hey go play with your instruments hmm. it's more platforms tracking patient care it's more than just a rep it's
0: it's an entire service bundle, yeah really right like you get you get the entire package I guess as a patient under your care is that safe to say
2: mm-hmm. all right and and, and um, and I think that's kind of the goal. And really, when I talk about looking out for the patient care, it really is patient care. Mm-hmm. It's it's that, that process. Mm-hmm. It's thinking about, hey, we got to make sure that patient is getting um, the kind of care that they expect when they get the time in the room, and even afterwards, because sometimes you know a, a, you know patients may feel like, hey, after surgery, now what? They're kind of what's next. And so we want to make sure that we can assist them. What I would like to say: the the four stages of of surgery, Um, the surgical coordination, getting everything ready. So we have the digital platforms for that. We have that's the pre surgery. We have the intraoperative process where we have, you know, lids doing their thing, shining, you know, making sure that we have everything to go for that patient during the surgery post-surgically is making sure that we offer that trackability, that recall management, the ability to offer a warranty. It's kind of like that supplemental care. It's just kind of the additional steps that value added to make that patient feel good. Because one of the things I've talked about before, and this is kind of going into the fourth step, is with a patient, they can change. If, if they needed a revision surgery, that second surgery, that third surgery, that fourth surgery, the only constant is going to be the implants. Their insurer may change, their employer may change, the hospital they had a the first surgery may change, their surgeon may change. The only thing constant are the implants. So what we've done at Imperium was taking our experiences, taking our failures and say, hey, this what is needed in the industry. And we're taking um, we're taking the lead as far as providing all aspects of care for patients, pre, intra, post, and the potential of a revision and making sure that we can, you know, when we're using our platform, um, being having access to the database, we can offer a guarantee that in the event you need a revision down the line and you're on our, our database, we can guarantee that you'll have the right instruments for that revision when it is necessary, and nobody, to my, is is doing that. We're the only ones doing it. So,
0: excellent. Are you guys just located in the Dallas DFW Texas area, um, or, or, or can these services be extended to doctors all over you know the United States?
2: So we are uh, based in Dallas Fort Worth area. Mm-hmm. We are not limited to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, actually in contact. Um, with some networks in California, um, Atlanta, and also uh, Louisiana. So no, we're not. You're not. We're not limited, um, and we are able to service, and provide those warranties. You know, as we move forward. Got it.
0: All right. Well, I want to thank you guys all for your time. Thanks for giving that knowledge. I mean it. Like like I said, I I've been. Knowing the two of you for two years, and this is probably the most detailed information that I got to receive exactly about what you guys do behind the scenes in the OR. You heard it first here. um, Imperium is definitely looking to working for with more doctors and patients. And if you are a patient or you know somebody that's in need of a surgical um, spinal knee, any type of implant that needs a warranty, has a tracking system and a superb service, Reach out to Imperium Surgical Partners. You keep pointing at me, Keith. Look. Well,
2: so as one again, like I mentioned earlier, we're not limited to just Dallas. We're not just limited on implants as well. Mm-hmm. So we have a number of patient care offerings. Whether like Liz mentioned earlier, we have biologics. Um, we work with um, infusion specialists, we work with um, patient care um products, like, you know, the, the boot covers, um, uh, that hats, um, different things that may need needed on in the operating room and also on the floor. So we have, you know, the access, we have the resources to support a number of procedures and services.
0: All right. Any last words, Liz? No. Thank right. you. Thank you. I thank you guys for your time.